Welcome back to Urban Theology. Thanks for tuning in. This is a podcast brought to you by two millennial men who are brought together by the grace of God. And we're here to talk to you about everything from the ups, the downs, and the in-betweens of this life. What's going on, my brother? Bro, we back for another week. Yes, sir. Episode two. This is season three of Urban Theology. And just so y'all know, we're doing this even in the midst of all this snow and this rubbish weather outside. Bro. Bro, yeah, we got to pray for everybody that's been affected by this. It, it's a lot of craziness going on in Texas. So why don't we just jump into our prayer? Right, I think it's my goal. All right, dear God, I thank you for allowing us to uh, grace the mic once again. We want to pray for all of those who are affected by the snowstorms in, in, in Texas. Dear God, please give them refuge. Please help those who have, have lost everything right now. Heavenly Father, I ask that today in this episode, as we continue to just talk about love, that you will help us to convey a good message and that you will also allow us to have a great conversation with our guests that we'll bring on. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. In Jesus, Amen. man. Man, speaking about love, man, how was your uh, Valentine's Day uh, week? I know that's a sensitive topic from, for some, but how was yours? Man, I'm, ain't no sensitive topic, man. You already know how I get down over <laughs> here, man. It was just me, myself, and I. I didn't spend no money. But, <laughs> no, honestly, I was looking I was looking on social media, and I was like, yo, I, I, I can't afford it. Like, I can't afford to play this game right now, you know? Because, honestly, look, love is expensive, bro. I was looking, and... I'm seeing some of these gifts and I'm saying, it's not even your birthday. Like, can you imagine? So I was just, honestly, I stayed to myself. I didn't do anything mischievous. Um, God loves me, you know? So yeah. I, you, didn't, you didn't text any, any, any of your, nah, your, your friends or any baby of, friends? How many friends do I have? I beg. Hey, no, I didn't text fine anyone. boy like you. I, <laughs> I didn't text anyone. I stayed to myself. I think, um, what did I do on that? It was a Sunday actually. Yeah. So just, I watched church online and I just probably went to the gym. What about you? Uh, just chill. Me and my girl just got food and watched Cinderella. Oh, and watched Cinderella. Wow. Yeah. Even okay. though I, I kind of slept through some, some of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much, uh, but it was, it was very, very, very chill. Very, uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. I think more like COVID, everything is just like um, complicated to an extent. So you just kind of right. have to mellow things out and just, you know, a lot of people could use that as an excuse, you know. No, right? no, honestly, I don't know if you know, like the whole restaurant situation, DMV is just it's stressful. You don't know which state, like Virginia, Maryland, DC, and the seating. And some of these restaurants are tripping with the way they're seating people. Like they're not really giving you space. It's just it's a whole mess, bro. So, yeah. How's your mental? Um, doing doing okay, man. Um, I would I, I would admit that because of last year, I think this year I'm way just more mentally prepared for whatever may come like you know what I'm saying it's not like yeah it's not being like oh my gosh something bad is gonna happen but it's more like okay now I have the tools to know when things happen or things go left how to respond you know but what about you how's your mental man bro I'm doing all right man I'm doing all right I think in my singleness I'm trying to learn how to just be happy as is you know because I'm you know I, I bought this crib I was in a relationship prior to that I was living at home so I always had somebody with me my mom was there so now it was just like I have an upstairs and downstairs and it's just nobody <laughs> so I'm, I'm learning to just be happy with myself and uh, one thing I've been doing is uh, when I've been reading my bible I've been taking it like really slow like really really slow so I started reading James and I haven't even gotten over the first chapter bro like it's kind of crazy and I kind of got caught up on um, 
it talks about sin. It talks about lust conceiving, you know, when it conceives. Gives birth to yeah, death. Gives birth. Yeah. I was thinking about, I was like, yo, that is so true because, you know, I need to start like, like I struggle with lust as well, you know, and once it happens, I look at it and I say, uh, it's, it, it's nothing, you know, and then it's like, before you know it, it leads to something else. So now through like my meditation, I'm thinking like, yo, I got to start addressing this stuff ahead of time, ahead of time, you know, like I used to look at lust as as like a, a gunshot where it's like it just kills me but yeah. it's not really like that it's, it's more so like a plant where it just you know you plant it and it over time it, just, it, yeah. it grows and grows so yeah man i've just been meditating and just you know take care of myself man, i'm glad i'm glad to hear that man i feel like self-care is like a big buzzword but i know like like for me my self-care lately has been paying ps5 <laughs> it's, it's, dog, it's, so it's so therapeutic bro like you how, understand how, how does your lady feel about your therapeutics yeah, she, she hates my ps5 bro she complains about it all the time right. i am playing i think i get you're not texting me back by the way i know she's gonna be listening to the episode it's, it's all good I, I, I know you hate it but it's okay oh man bro you can give it to me man i'm single <laughs> yeah, chill bro Hey, if he's listening, I hope she brings that up to you. Like, hey, you give it to him as a gift. Well, you're sick. Don't, don't suggest that. <laughs> Bro, but honestly, look, I, I think we should go ahead and, and introduce our guest. You know, we have a jam-packed episode for all of our listeners. So why don't we go ahead and do that? Yeah, so we have, um, she is a stylist and a pretty dope content uh, creator. And she also has a nine to five. So she got two gigs, you know what I'm saying? So she's out here killing it, you know, making content, hustling. you know, hustling, getting that bag. So we have our wonderful sister, Kemi. Welcome to the Urban Theology uh, Podcast. So welcome, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited. Hey, thanks for joining. Look, we still on the up and coming. So to have, <laughs> this, to have this fashion icon, this stylist join us, I'm excited. Mm. I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, we're, we're on the topic of love. Our last episode, we were talking about love and we wanted to stay on that topic because love is not easy. You know, it's really not easy. And I mean, you have so many people who are looking for love and you sometimes can make a lot of bad decisions while looking for love. I know I have. So we wanted to kind of just get your story about love. And I know you have your experiences and uh everybody who's listening, especially us too, you know, we can learn from your story. So if you don't mind, just give us a background into like, okay, um, into your love story. Sure. So I'm going to give you guys the short, long version of the story, Um, but I'll be as detailed and and raw as I can. Um, So I was 22 when I got married. Um, thinking about it now, I'm 29. It's pretty young. Um, I was a very lukewarm Christian at the time. Like I knew of God, but I didn't know or have a relationship with God. So, you know, at that time I'm thinking I'm grown. I'm thinking I'm ready for marriage. Um, I, I dated my ex when I was like 18 and pretty much that's all I knew up until 22. Prior to that, I graduated. So after I graduated college, I thought I was ready for marriage. He proposed. And then a couple months later, um, we got married at the courthouse. Um, And, you know, I thought marriage was just going to be everything. And even though like, I'm I'm an African girl, I'm Nigerian, if you don't know. And um, 
I think one of the reasons I got married at that time was I literally wanted to get out of my mother's house. She was just very strict on me. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. And I thought like this relationship would be like my saving grace, you know, like, okay, if I get into this relationship, I don't have to, you know, be under my mom's roof and I can do whatever I want, yada, yada, yada. So, um, yeah, so I got married first year of marriage is what people say it is. It's, it's tough, um, especially when you're young and, and you don't know what you're doing. Um, a lot of things happen and it was just like, okay, this is unexpected. And I think the, the reality and, and the real moment for me where I knew like, oh my God, like this is marriage is like one time, I think our first argument was um, like I, I was sleeping. And at that time I was still working a nine to five. We both actually had a nine to five. And he, I didn't know he got up early in the morning to watch soccer and I was still in bed till like 12 o'clock and he literally got upset because I was still in bed. Like his expectation was I, sh I should have, you know, woken up and made him food so he can watch his stuff. And I'm just like, okay, this is new. Cause you know, none of this happened when we were dating. Like when we were dating, I was like, okay, I mean, if this is dating, then marriage is a piece of cake. So that, that whole thing just kind of threw me off, to be honest. And then, you know, second year in the marriage, um, we ran into, you know, a lot of couple issues. One of them being I had a miscarriage and that was kind of like the biggest shift of the marriage. Um, and then like a couple years down the line, you know, we, we kept trying for kids and things like that. And eventually, you know, I had my son Israel and that was in 2017. So 2017, I think when I had my son, that, that was the biggest shake for me in a good way is because I started, I started having a relationship with God. Not only that, um, I actually got saved probably um, a couple months before I even found out I was pregnant. So once you get saved, you know, your eyes kind of open and you're just like, wow, like this is how God works. So I realized, you know, the more I got saved, the more I started realizing my purpose in life. And I started realizing my purpose was in aligning with this marriage. And at that time, like, I was just like, wow, like maybe, you know, having a kid might save the marriage. That's what I thought that I thought, okay, maybe a kid will change the situation, change him, change me. But I mean, situations only got worse. But you know, with culture, culture tells you to stay in a marriage despite whatever is going on. Even if you're unhappy, even if you're physically abused, all of it, like culture tells you to stay because that's what we're taught. So mentally I'm like, okay, I mean, this is probably normal. You know, like all these things I'm going through, I'm sure, you know, 20 years down the line, he'll change, yada, yada, yada. And I quickly learned, um, you know, in marriage, you, you, can't, you can't change a man. That's one thing that I learned <laughs> um, real quick. You cannot, you cannot change a man. I, I entered the marriage thinking there were things I could pray away, but that, that honestly wasn't the situation. Um, so after I had my son and I just got closer to God, um, I think 2019 was kind of the year that I was just like, I don't think I can do this no more. I think we were married for about five years at that time. And when you have a kid, um, you start to realize, is, is this the life that I want my kid to normalize? That's what I started thinking. And that year I remembered praying a really, really heavy prayer. And that prayer was, God, if anything was keeping me or is keeping me from my purpose, please take it away from me. Cause at that point, it just, I just felt something like in my spirit. I was just like, why, why am I struggling to know who I am? Like, what is holding me back? 
And literally that year, I think that summer, um, I actually fasted and prayed for like 21 days concerning my marriage. Cause I was just like, God, look, I'm, I'm fighting. I'm trying to keep this marriage. Like I, I need to hear from you. And I remember during that um, 21 days of fasting and prayer, um, I had two dreams and they were literally the same thing. And, and both dreams were me literally physically leaving my marriage. And I was just like, that's not God. Like, it don't make sense. Like, why am I praying for my marriage, but I'm dreaming about leaving my marriage? Like, I was so conflicted during that fast. It just didn't make sense, I think. And then <clears throat> a couple months after, you know, the fast and stuff like that, like literally, I, <laughs> I kid you not, things literally got worse that year. And again, in my attempts to save my marriage, um, I called a marriage counselor, you know, like I, I told my church about it and I was like, hey, you know, I want to do marriage counseling. I'm, I'm really trying to save my marriage because at that point it was just like our fifth year going into marriage. And I was like, I'm not doing this again for another five years. Yeah. So we got a marriage counselor. Um, and I, I, I honestly thought like in my head, I was like, if a marriage counselor cannot save this marriage, I got to leave because it, it would make no sense. And I made sure to get a marriage counselor that was older because um, my ex, he's like nine years older than me. So you can imagine <laughs> the difference in age and, and, and mental mm -hmm. thoughts and stuff. Um, so I, I got someone that he would probably look up to and respect. Um, so, and he was also Christian because I, I, I wanted our marriage to be saved from a biblical perspective. Yeah. Um, so we got into the counseling and literally everything that I felt in that marriage that was going wrong the counselor said it and in that moment I felt such peace because I was just like then I wasn't crazy I was like I know I wasn't crazy and I think one of the most significant things uh, and I said this on a clubhouse that Raheem was actually on a couple weeks ago um, about godly dating um, for men and it was just like the, the situation in our marriage, it, it, I think it could have been saved, but honestly, God had it, had his own will. But um, I think for me, I realized that once he wasn't willing to sacrifice, you know, a certain area of his life for our family, then I was just like, then it's really not going to work. And the counselor has specifically told us like, you know, your household doesn't have a spiritual foundation. At that time, I was going to one church and he was going to another church. And, and it was just like, we're receiving two different messages. Like we can't even come together as one. We don't even pray together. Like it just, it didn't make sense. So obviously, yes, we're having problems in our marriage. And, you know, one of the things the counselor said was like, you know, you guys have to start going to church together. And I was like, cool, you know, I'm, I'm willing to go to church together with him. Like I'm trying to save my marriage. And um, I was willing to leave my church to find a church together um, so that we can go as a family so that we can kind of restart this marriage and, and stuff like that. And, you know, when he was asked, you know, hey, you know, are you willing to leave your church, you know, to, you know, kind of like save this marriage, like he literally said, like, no, like he wouldn't do it. And I think that was the moment for me where I realized like this marriage is over. Because if you aren't willing to literally lay down your life or sacrifice just this one area for your family or your marriage, I was like, this is not someone I can submit to anymore. anymore. And this is not someone I want my son to think it's it's okay to have a marriage like this. So yeah, I think um, it was actually January of 2020. And I was just like, God, I, I just left. I literally left, like I packed my stuff, I packed my son's stuff and I was just like, you know, I gotta go 
it's not working anymore. So yeah, that's that's kind of my story. <laughs> wow. That was that was a lot to a lot to unpack. And yeah, like I heard so much and just <laughs> even in you like even in you like sharing that, like and I just feel like like people can glean a lot from that. Cause like there are just so many things in there that you said that are like, I'm not even gonna say they're simple, but they're things that I don't think people really question. Like, are you really willing to sacrifice things for someone else and for the sake? Mm. Like that was the thing that kept coming to my, yeah. my mind to hear you speak was was sacrifice, right? If you're if you're not willing to to sacrifice and drop things, right? Like, are you really committed to that thing? And like marriage is one of those things, like obviously I'm not married yet. But I just feel like in listening to you, you just drop so much like um, jewels, just even in like sharing um, that story. I, I don't like what you think, man. Man, it, thank you for sharing. You know, thank you, thank you. I, I think there are a lot of women and men who are in situations now, you know, and they don't understand uh, the consequences of these decisions that they're about to mm -hmm. make, you know, so um. <sighs> I mean, I'm, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking, uh, did he, how did he try, did he try to keep this together? Because I, I, I know ultimately he didn't want to change his church, but were there any ways that once you decided, okay, I'm going to pack my stuff that he tried to piece this back together? Um. <laughs> I'm laughing about it because literally when, when, when I was moving, I kid you not, I had my brother help me move one day. I had a friend help me move one day and he was literally in the living room watching TV as I was packing my stuff. So at that time, like, what, what do you do? Like, what, literally, like, what do you do? <laughs> so it, it was a situation where I, I thought if I left, that would kind of like trigger him or change I, I didn't receive a phone call. I didn't receive a plea, nothing like that. I didn't receive nothing even from the family side to, to call and be like, hey, let's make this work. So I knew that this was the time God wanted me to, to leave. And, and I was okay with that. So you basically moved to try and trigger him to action, basically. Like you didn't move and say, hey, I'm divorcing you now. You know, I, I think you moved. And then when you saw that there was basically stillness on his part, you were kind of in this no woman's land of, okay, what do I do? Is that correct to say? No, I think, cause we had a conversation like November, 2019 and, and I sat down with him and I was just like, all right, you know, that was when the counseling was over. And I was just like, all right, so what are we doing? You know, like, what are we doing? We're five years into marriage. Our, our child is getting older. Like, is this, is this okay? Like, this is not good anymore. Like. Someday he's gonna ask like, why is mommy and daddy going to a different church? And we have to explain that. Like, it's not supposed to be like that. And he really didn't say much um, about it, but I think the, <laughs> the reason I left actually was the triggering factor I left. I think it was January, end of January. It was actually the weekend of um, Kobe's passing. Um, may his soul rest in peace. And, and he said something about the situation. And I, I, I truly realized the type of person I was married to. And I just said it was it was a no. And I had moved out originally to just go stay with my mom for a couple of days because I didn't feel like going back to the house. But when the situation just kept getting worse, I was just like, I, I, I'm done, like I'm actually done. And the weekend um, I, I was moving my stuff. So 
it was it was really a done situation but I didn't leave to trigger him because in my head I knew he wasn't going to change um so yeah <laughs> wow you know I, I think everybody has a certain sense of pride but uh, in relationships the men because I, I can speak out for the men because I'm one of those people we tend to have more pride because in in a sense you know when you get married sort of like the bible has given you like authority as like okay you're the leader you know so sometimes that goes to our heads and we think this person can't do without me so they need to essentially do exactly what i say or <laughs> the highway you know and i mean listening to this i don't know about you Raheem, but <laughs> I, I think that it's unfortunate that we yeah but also too i think like what we don't realize too is that and i just feel like women don't realize how much power they have too i think when it's it's not even like let me not say power but when like things are like functioning healthily like you know even as the bible says like you're supposed to treat her like you know what i'm saying like as as yourself like i'm not gonna yeah. abuse my own keep her spotless yeah, yeah. Guess, yeah. i'm not gonna abuse my own body so it's like I think a lot of times we don't pay attention. We kind of just gloss over. We, we just read the submission part, but we don't really think of the, like the way that I'm treating this person is a reflection. It's, yeah. it's like a reflection on um, how I feel about, you know what I'm saying, my, myself, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, I just feel like it's some of those things we don't really, um, we don't really look into. Yeah, and you know, I, I think for me, I, I look at myself, whenever I do settle down, you know, it, there's going to be a certain softness to you. Like, I, I'll keep it real with you. In my previous relationship, once we broke up, I, it wasn't like a similar thing where she had to pack herself because we weren't living together. But it was sort of like, I saw some little things that were there for me to possibly reach out. Like little things, you know, like I had, I had this bold speaker, you know, and she took <laughs> it and I was like, yo, I know I could reach out and then, you know, see what's going on. But we had issues where, look, we're not married. We don't have to put up with each other, you know? And when I'm thinking about this story with Kemi, it's sort of like, man, but you guys, like, you guys are a family, you know? Like, you got to put that pride away. And, 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 and that not happening, I mean, in any relationship, even if it's from the woman's standpoint, you know, if you're in a relationship and you see your woman having pride, just, you know, stop her from doing the simple things, yeah, it's going to hurt you. You know, same way as, you know, at, from a woman's perspective, if your guy can't put his pride aside and just say, like, please stay. <laughs> you know? Honestly, I'm learning too. It's just, it not even, whether it's relationship or even friendship too, like pride, sometimes you just have to like, you have to lower yourself for the sake of the other person. And it's not, you're not going to die. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to kill you. No, like, I'm, I, we as men, we struggle with it too. And people just yeah. in general. But sometimes it's not gonna kill you to put someone else before you. You're like you're not gonna die. Like, like you're not. You know what I'm saying? But I think I think honestly, coming from just if you want me to be real, real about it, like there are situations I know I had pride in, and and God dealt with me in the marriage. So I'm not gonna sit here and say I was perfect. I, I was not perfect. There were things that I wasn't supposed to say that God told me like you need to shut up, but I still said it because I was being stubborn. But women have pride too. Like, I, I don't want no, I cannot, like women, I don't understand, like we have pride. I know I have pride. And there are situations and things that came up. I didn't want to say sorry. Or when it came to like simple things like cooking, I didn't feel like cooking because I was upset at him. But it's just like, 
I mean, those little things can, it, it can cause problems. Like it, that, that to me was sacrifice because I wasn't used to cooking for nobody's son. And then when I came into a marriage and I got to cook, I'm just like, okay, make your own food. And I didn't, I didn't know it was very, it was something important to him. But again, you know, I, I was young. I, I didn't really understand what, what marriage took. I was thinking about the wedding. I didn't really think of marriage. No, um, I was you said you were thinking about the wedding, but you said you actually went to a courthouse. Did you have like another wedding after that? I didn't have a wedding. Um, literally, okay, so I wanted a wedding, but somehow he magically convinced me to get married in court. Okay. But thinking about it now, guys, marriage is expensive and divorce is expensive. So you gotta <laughs> listen, you gotta choose. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of grateful we went the courthouse route because I would have had videos about weddings and things like that. I would have probably threw it away. Like, <laughs> so listen, it was a blessing in disguise. Okay. Now, can, can you explain the method in which he finagled you out of getting a wedding? Because I, 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 I'm, asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. How, how did that happen? Because you said you actually wanted the wedding. Like, that's what you were looking forward to. Yeah, I, I wanted a wedding, but in my head at that time, I thought like only guys supposed to pay for the wedding. So I listen, everyone's relationship is different. Like, I, again, I didn't know how it worked, but I was just like, okay, you want me, so you paying for the wedding. And it's not like he was broke. So it's not like we couldn't afford a wedding, but I was so enamored in love. And he was like my first love and stuff like that. And he was older. So I thought, you know, hey, he convinced me like, oh, it doesn't make sense. Let's spend money on the honeymoon or let's spend money to save on a house. And I was just like, okay, you're making sense. And it, it, it didn't make sense to my mom. But um, one thing my mom did tell me now that, you know, the situation has kind of gone by. She's just like, she really didn't even literally approve the relationship, but she had a fear of me literally like running away to another country to go marry the guy. So she's just like, I'm just going to go with it. You know, if, if this makes my daughter happy, I'm going to just let her enter into it. She wasn't happy about it, but, you know, what can moms do? I don't know. So I guess to kind of cue, kind of just um, piggybacking off and that to kind of cue up the, the first question, like, I guess whenever, like, when you told your mom that you were going to get a divorce from him, what was her, what was her reaction um she was relieved oh wow. I mean that's that's really she was relieved and it's just, it's not an oh wow situation because there's deeper you know stories to it but um when 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 you see your child crying in a marriage that you kind of let her be in and she's unhappy like what are you supposed to do like you know now your child is free like now you now your child can be who she really was supposed to be um, and I think for the situation, she was just relieved that, you know, like, wow, okay. You know, cause she knew, she, she even told me like to, to leave the marriage. She didn't tell me to leave the marriage prior, but there were situations prior to the five years that I, I really should have left. And, and, you know, once my family found out about it, they were like, why are you still with him? But you know, culture is like, no, you have to stay. Yeah. You have to stay with the man despite, and that was me. I was like, no, nah, I have to make it work. And my mom, she was married to my dad for over 20 something years but she wasn't happy so I was just like man like I don't want that to be me like I don't want to be married for 20 years and I was just unhappy like it really hurts your children and when you have a child 
it, it really puts things into perspective. Um, even when you're on this clubhouse stuff, I've, I'm on this like therapy thing and people talk about how their parents' marriage really affected them and how they perceive marriage. And I didn't want that for my son. Man, thank God for your mom, because like you said, the culture is, no, you have to stay. Like, there's no out. Yeah. Just push through it. Just work through it. And honestly, marriage is work. You know, it, it's, and I, I, I'm not married, but I think in books that I've read and also hearing from other people's relationships, yeah, it, it is work. But the notion that you have to continually suffer and continually mm -hmm. You know, take abuse from your partner in a marriage is false. You know, so right. I, I say shout out to your mom because not a lot of moms would actually encourage that. You know, like I know if one of my sisters was, and God forbid, they're all married, but if one of them yeah. was going through something, my mom would be the first one to say, no, there's not going to be a divorce <laughs> in this family. No, you know, so yeah, shout out to your mom. Amen. And Thank you. I know you mentioned you were young. You know, but yeah. do you remember the first time you realized that you and this man didn't go to the same church? Um, so funny enough, when, when I was in a relationship with him, we were actually going to a church together. And then I got married and I moved to another part of Baltimore and I had to look for another church because, you know, we, my family already left the church. So I was in this transition phase of actually finding a church home. And then somehow he found another church um, and that church was based online. And I was just like, I'm not gonna sit online every Sunday. Like, where's the fellowship? I, I was like, I thought church was about fellowship and meeting people and, you know, you know, building a ministry, but you know, he didn't see it that way. And when he wasn't like willing to like go to a church physically, I was just like, okay, <laughs> like, that that was when I was like, the, these are things I wish I asked before I got married. And, and I think that's one thing I wanted to say, like, you know, like ask these questions, like they're important um, because they can literally make or break your relationship. Wow. And I, I know you also mentioned that you got married and you didn't really have a relationship with God at that time. Mm. What about your partner? Because, you know, the scripture talks about, you know, hey, if one of your partners is a believer and the other person isn't, hey, or what about your partner? Um, because I was such a lukewarm Christian, I thought because we went to the same church prior to getting married that going to another church wouldn't be an issue. So that I think that that was the thing that was kind of confusing for me. I don't want to say he's not a believer. I know he prays and he believes in God, but everyone's version of Christianity um, is different. Um, and I think, again, when I got saved and I was actually going to a church that preached the word and talked about how to live for Christ, that's when I saw things differently. And again, we were both receiving different messages about how to live as Christians. I was going to one church, he was going to another church and that was probably the main issue. Wow, that is very good. Like, yeah, y'all wanna make sure like y'all are like equally, equally young. Yes. And I think a lot of times we overlook things and people, I'm not gonna lie, we wanted to work so badly like mm. on, 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 like on the woman's side, she overlooks things about the guy because she wants to be in a relationship for that. She wants to be married. And even on the guy's side, he probably just ignores stuff because he's enamored by her beauty or whatever. But like, there's so many like red flags. It's like, bro, like 
are your eyes well your eyes are open but they're open because you're in love you're, you know what i'm saying you're not really looking you're not really paying attention to what you should be paying attention to yeah and i think people i think people need to understand that character is important too like don't don't let love like blind you from character like it's so crazy how everyone wants to be in love and wants to be booed up i'm like i i really could care less about that now um, I'm I'm looking for someone who has a heart of God and and all the other stuff I know will fall into place because I know like if a man is is it's willing to put God first and he submits his life to God everything else will fall into place. It don't even matter like how much money you're making like I can you can literally be with somebody who who isn't making six figures right and if he's a man that hears from God and submits himself to God, don't you think God will literally bless what he has? So to me, that it. perception and, and what people are doing these days is kind of like, it's, it's, it's throwing me off when I hear it, but yeah. <laughs> wow, and I wanna go ahead and, and, and let people know. So we actually, we were talking directly into our MacBook mic prior. So if you notice a difference in our wow. voices, if you know, it's okay, <laughs> things happen, just bear with us, please. <laughs> Don't, don't turn it off. Just keep listening. No, but Kemi was clear. Kemi was 100% clear. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I've never been married. I've never been in, the, in, in, in your shoes. And I know how I feel about divorce without even being in a marriage. What were your thoughts about divorce prior to getting married and prior to going through a divorce? Um, I wrestled with it. I, I, I kid you not, I, I, I did everything I could to spiritually and physically save my marriage because there's two aspects of marriage, the physical part and the spiritual part. And the physical part, I, I did. Um, the spiritual part, I, I did. Like I, like I said earlier, the counseling was kind of like the end all be all. Like, you know, I was just like, man, if, if someone who is really a man of God is, is speaking to you and he's telling you to do something and your answer is no, then at that point, it's really like, what's the point? And, and, and that was it for me. Um, so divorce for me, it was a scary thing because I was just like, I have a kid. Like, how am I right. going to navigate life with a kid by myself, essentially? And, and that was the scary part. And I think that's why I, I held on to the marriage so long, because when you have a kid, you're just like, okay, let's make things work. But yeah, I didn't want my, my kid to, to see me unhappy. I didn't want my kid to see me crying. I, I wanted my kid, whether or not I was with his father, like I wanted to for him to know God and see God. And, and that wasn't happening in my marriage. So for me, divorce was kind of like it. And, and I hate to say it, but it, it, it's such a negative word, but is it, is it when you, when you know God has a purpose for your life and, and your marriage is literally taking you away from your purpose, like what how how are you gonna feel like are you going to be happy knowing that what God has for you you're not gonna gonna reach there because you're with somebody or you're in a situation that's bad or would you rather despite what people think or what culture thinks walking your purpose knowing that it doesn't really matter what people say it only matters it only matters what God says yeah um, and I think that was it for me yeah and you know my my thoughts on divorce i look my mom and dad went together but i saw my mom not divorce my dad because she was so bent on i'm never going to get divorced but they they were not together you know and my dad was not a believer 
Uh, my dad was, he had a lot of dubious ways, you know, so I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have looked at my mom any different if she would have divorced mm. my dad, but she was just like, yeah, it's not going, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, I can't do it. And wow. I think when I think about divorce, I think, okay, well, everything in this world is not just, you know, like God gives you everything. No, like there's some things that you get and they come with glitz and glamour that, you know, the devil is placing before you to try and take you away from God's love. You know, so I, I look at certain marriages that, you know, look, I'm on the outside looking in, but it's like, man, do these people really understand what they're doing? You know, so <laughs> um, when I think of divorce, of course, people can quote the Bible and the, the Bible has talked about divorce as something that it, it's not good. You know, but I also don't want to place a limit on God's grace. You know, like I don't know. I, I feel yeah. like I I sit here and I sin and I pray and I say, okay, God, please forgive me. And you know, I, I know that God can forgive me for my sins. But at the same time, you know, I don't know what people are going through, what 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 they have on their plates to actually get to the point of hey, I need to separate for this person. If God is talking to you and telling you, hey, I need you to go north, but you have somebody who is continually pulling you south, you know, who am I to say, well, God doesn't like you because, <laughs> you know, you're supposed to stay in this thing that who knows if you even put it together, you know? So I, I, I just mm. look at it and I say, you know, I can't limit God's grace to anybody. And I also mm. don't understand uh like what went on in that marriage, you know? So hopefully I never, I never go through anything like that. And I think this is where God is using people like you because you're teaching me things as you're telling me this, right? I know I have to work on my pride. You know, of course, I know that I have to understand that it's, it, it, it's a sacrifice for me to say, mm -hmm. I love somebody, you know, it's not just, oh, they look good. Oh, they can, make me food. I mean, she makes me food. That I like that too, but it's, it's more than that. So God bringing people like you onto urban theology, that's what is going to help so many people. So I, I just want to thank you again for sharing this. Cause if I went through a divorce, I probably wouldn't even, I probably wouldn't even broadcast it like that. You know, I wouldn't like, not that I wouldn't talk about it, but I'd just be like, I would eventually talk about it if I was in that situation, but I just feel mm -hmm. like for me, I always just felt like it was one of those things that was very like taboo. And, and even just what, like a lot of um, right. topics, whether it's, uh, yeah, whether it's um, um, like, you know, abortion or divorce or whatever, like what I've learned, right, is that most of these topics are very complex. And we as human beings, we live complex lives, right? So I can't just be like, oh, this thing is just bad, I'm realizing, you know what? Life is complex and life is difficult. And the majority of life is lived in the gray. It's not in the black and the white, right? Most of the most difficult choices and the things that we deal with, they all happen in the gray, in the gray area. So kind of like my brother was saying, I've just learned to one, be graceful to myself and to give grace to other yeah. people because life is hard as hell. Like I'm not even going to yeah. front. It's hard. Really? Marriage is hard. Living as a human being is hard. Trying to be a Christian is hard. Like everything is hard, right? But all of these things, they require a level of work. And you know what? Being a parent is also difficult because <laughs> it's one thing to go through a divorce and it's another thing to go through a divorce, you know, having a child. So I also am curious because I, I believe 
given the timelines that you mentioned, your son's pretty young. Uh, did you say, okay, you know what, I'll explain this to him later, or did you give him some abridged version? Like, how was that experience? Um, I think because kids are so connected to God, they can kind of understand the situation without you saying anything. Wow. I think my son is aware that um, things are going on, but he's still too young to understand. Yeah. Um, so I, I want him to have as much peace as he can while he's he's young. And when that conversation comes up or when he's curious, then I can sit down with him and be like, all right, this is this is this is why our home looks like this right now. Um, but other than that, I mean, he's, he's, he's a champ. He, he's, he sees his mom, he sees his dad. And as long as he sees both of his parents, you know, we, we try to make it work as much as we can. And, and thank God we have, well, I have a supportive family as well. Um, so he's surrounded by people that love him. Yeah, no, we thank God awesome. for that. So just to kind of like transition to the, to the next question, I, I, I hope you feel, you feel ready and comfortable for, for this one. So, you know what I'm saying? Just, just just today, like where you are today, like what are your views today on, on potentially, you know, dating again and um, getting getting married, you know what I'm saying? Again, you know, down the line. Surprisingly, uh, I'm actually very excited about finding love again. And, and it's, it's mainly because I know who I am now. So I can discern what I want. So I think, I think, my journey to finding love again. I, I pray to God every day that it's something that will be a beautiful journey. I'm very excited. I'm also nervous because I'm hearing like so many crazy stories from single people. So I'm just like, <laughs> dang, like changing has, like dating has changed. Like I, I haven't dated since I was 18 because I was literally in a relationship all my life. Oh, so world. now to think about dating, <laughs> right? Like dating, I'm almost 30 now. Like ugh, it's, it's, a, it's a mess, but I'm hopeful and, you know, I tap into Sierra and Russell's, you know, love life too, that, you know, that would be my story Amen. somehow, some way. So yeah. <laughs> are you, are you also excited about actually having a wedding? Because I don't know, are, are courthouse weddings wow. the second time? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we must do it proper this time. <laughs> Okay. Nah, man. Nah, I cannot. Mm -mm, I cannot go through what I went through to go back to court and get married. That's not my portion. <laughs> That's not gonna work. I mean, the <laughs> We're gonna do it the right one. way. The lit honey. I don't care. I don't care, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I, I definitely understand that. So, um, if you could give any advice to people who are young and getting married, because I don't think it's a terrible thing to be young and get married. It's just that. I believe there should be some due diligence before you get to that phase. Yeah. So, you know, if you were talking to a 22-year-old woman right now who's like head over heels, some guy, um, what are some what, what's, what's some advice you'd give her? I would literally walk up to her and be like, wait, sis. Because, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, you just turned 20-something. Like, it's it, you're, you don't even know who you are till you're like 27, to be honest. Like when, when I came into myself, I was literally like 26, 27. And I think people want to rush into love and marriage so much, but they don't even know who they are. Like know yourself, travel. Like once you get married, you, you're eventually going to get knocked up. And it's just like life changes. I think people don't understand like dating and marriage are two completely different things. And if you're not in the mental space to, again, sacrifice yet, then don't do it. 
Like if you think about cooking for a man and, and you're like ill, don't get married. Like it, to me, it's just like, you have to have a, a mindset where you're ready to serve somebody because that's literally what marriage is. You're serving your partner. Um, so I would say, wait, like wait, um, get the proper people around you, um, counsel, and also like pray for discernment because something can look good, but that doesn't mean it's God. No, that's true. And it's interesting. You said, you know, you don't really know yourself until you're 27. I know for me, as soon as I got like my student loan bills, I was like, yeah, who is that? I was like, okay, all right, all right, that, that, that's me. I know who I am. Once I started getting the bills coming, I was like, all right, I know that's me, you know? But no, it, it's a good point. You know, you really got to know yourself before you try to join and become one with somebody because uh, that's ultimately what marriage is. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually have a little sister who got married at, I think like 21 and they're still uh-huh. going strong. And I think in her case, they were age mates, you know? So mm. I know for a fact that they probably didn't know themselves, but they <laughs> yeah. figured it out. And it wasn't something that was like, hey, I'm so superior that everything I say goes. And uh, my brother-in-law, mm. he's super cool. We're really good friends now. So I think it can work, but no, definitely knowing yourself is is, 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 is important, you know? A lot of people don't really uh, know themselves too. I think like, I think like a big thing to just being one, like being comfortable in your own skin. I think that's like really, really big. Um, be comfortable in your own skin. And also you have to like have this mindset of like selfishness. Right, so I'll give you an example. Like a few, I would say like a few years ago, if you asked me about marriage and stuff like that, I would just tell you straight up, like, no, like, like I'm still being selfish. I still like, just, I still like my space. I don't like sharing things. I just, like, I'll be upfront. Like I didn't, like that idea of having to, give up my stuff and give hey, up give like give up your ps5 man bro there you go yeah. <laughs> but, but but you know just starting to think about like a wife and kids and like having to like give up my freedom i'm not saying it's not a bad it's not a bad thing you're not dying it's not the end of the world but you know what i'm saying like as, as a guy like i like if you ask me around like 25 26 i said no it wasn't until i got to like 28 but I'm like, okay it wouldn't be so bad to you know to, to eventually like transition into this um next stage of life and now i'm like 31 and like no, 30, 32, my bad. I'm, th- I'm, I'm 32 now. So like now I'm at a point where like, okay, like those things I'm more comfortable with them. They don't seem as daunting. They actually, um, I would say, I don't know if the word is enjoyable, but they just seem like it's okay. Like I'm at peace. <laughs> it's okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm cool with it now. So I think that's important. Like you said, know yourself and just get comfortable um, yeah. with envisioning yourself in the next stage of life. Now, I, I want you to try and explain something to listeners out there because I've actually been called kind of extreme because I've met people and, you know, I'll, I'll ask them, okay, hey, what church do you want to go to? Oh, what church do, and I'll tell them what church I go to. And, you know, I've always said, like, if we can't come to a compromise of like, okay, hey, let's, and of course we're seeing, I mean, we're in a relationship, but we're not married. If you can't come to a conclusion, like, that's a serious thing because I, I think going to separate churches when you live in the same house, it's just difficult. You know, it makes things a little awkward and weird. So yeah. talk, talk about that. Do you think, why do you think it can't work if you are going to separate churches, but living in the same home? Think, I think think is just the wrong <laughs> word. Like, bruh, no, I literally lived the life. Some people would tell you like, no, like, and I know I've come off as like this extremist that's like, oh, hey, he won't. And for me, it's like, there are people, men and women out there who 
have not been in these situations, who have not been married that truly believe like, hey, it can work out? Um, I guess it's different strokes for different folks. But for me, I already had a kid at that point. So my values was very much so we have to work as a unit. And if we don't work as a unit spiritually, like for my, for my marriage at the time, the spiritual aspect was the thing that was being really dealt with by the enemy. And if we didn't have that foundation, it wasn't going to work and it didn't work. Um, eventually people are going to have kids. Like, what are you going to tell your kids? Like, oh yeah, dad's going to this church. Mom's going to this church. Like you're confusing the little ones. Like you, you, you have to get to that point. Um, I, I guess it's different for different people, but I, I really, I don't think it's a good thing. Thanks. No, I pr- appreciate you. you. You sharing that and, and, and being honest, man. And we just, we just appreciate it. And just to kind of like round out with kind of just the last question we have for you, like what, um, what has like your healing process looked like up to this point? Or how have you gotten to where you are now? Um, I think the biggest um, healing for me was, look, 2020 was a year for everybody. But I think I, I literally had to submit my life to God again. Um, and, and for me, that meant crying. That, mean, that meant getting angry. That, that meant you know, going through shame and all of that. And I had to go through that roller coaster to kind of get to the level of peace I am now. Because again, even when I, I, I left, I still felt shame. And, and it, honestly, like people ask me today, like, okay, did you, did you get confirmation from God? And as I was leaving and, and when I left, um, I was still praying about the marriage. I was like, God, like if you told me I need to go back, I will go back if it's your will. But I remember probably the second month that I left, um, I, I actually had a very vivid, vivid dream that was confirmation. And, and in that dream, I literally was with my son's father and he was walking to one side and the, and the path that he was walking on, I, I was following him, but that side was so empty. Like there was nothing there. And then I had turned around and I can see so many things shining. And then I just woke up. I was just like, oh, okay. So it's just like, if I continue down this path with him, God was telling me like, there was nothing there for me. And that's the moment where I felt that peace. So I, I, I had to go through that. So praying right now is, is my biggest thing. Um, accepting that I'm still loved despite my decision and my situation is another thing. And I've also been reading this book by Torrey Roberts, it's called Wholeness. Wholeness. And it's, it's definitely been um, healing for me and definitely going to look into therapy as well because um, <laughs> it's, it's I important. I go every <laughs> I know, because I, I was just like, man, I, I, I really want to be at my best so that when I do get married again, I, I don't, you know, bring old things into my relationship. So I'm, I've definitely been looking at a therapist. What about, what about fashion? How has fashion helped you in whatever you're going through? Because most people know you as a stylist and I mean, you're always updating your Instagram feed with different looks. How has that played into just this period that you're in? I've enjoyed it a lot more and um, I, my purpose in it has definitely become greater. And even my situation, like I, I can see how even though I'm in fashion, I can still minister about my life through fashion. And it's something that I didn't think I could do before. So it's, it's definitely been a fun journey. Um, 
you know, God has definitely been blessing my creativity and I just love fashion, but I also see fashion as definitely a ministry for me. So it's, it's been good so far. Nice. Well, hey man, I, I don't know if I have any additional questions. So you're, you're all top style? No, I, I think <laughs> honestly, it's, this is one of those episodes where like, once we put it up, I'm actually going to tune in and like, listen to it for myself <laughs> and learn some more things because, um, I know you're in a relationship. I'm not in a relationship, but I want to get into a relationship at some point. And there's a lot that we can learn. You know, there are a lot of things that were said, uh, mistakes by both parties, you know, both yourself yep. and your the ex-husband. And I think we just need to understand that it's it, it takes work and it's a sacrifice. And um, yeah, hey, look, honestly, I, I, I feel like if we can just put aside our pride you know, because that I know I, I've struggled with that in the past. I don't know about you, but no, that's I, I a struggle with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big thing in relationships, you know, that pride. Yeah. So so real quick before before we share what we're gonna share um next, do you have um what not do you like what scriptures have helped you um in this season of life, whether it's one or two scriptures that you have read that have encouraged you in this season of, of life? Um, the biggest scripture for me is Matthew 6.33, um, and ugh, I'm having mom brain, but it says, um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things shall be added unto you. And I think whether you're in a relationship or not, or whatever season you're in, it's important to remember God comes first. Um, and when you put God first, he adds everything into your life, whether that's love, whether that's a new job. So that's really been my scripture that I've been holding on to this season. Nice. Now, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us and sharing that with, uh, with the people. Because I just feel like for every season and every challenge we go through, that's kind of what we love about urban theology is we always have scripture for like every, you know, so every talk and every discussion that we have. So I'm actually going to kick it to to you. Yeah, you look like you, you have a good thought. You want to. No, I was just going to say, look, we. Sometimes we think we're so complicated that God hasn't seen our issue before. And I mean, mm. there's nothing that I've gone through. There's nothing that I've heard that I can't say, okay, you know what? Let me pray about this. Let me read my Bible about this. Like there's a lot of clarity that is given from the Bible and God's word. So the scripture I was going to share today is from Romans chapter eight. And I'm actually going to read verse 35, 38, and maybe 39. We'll see. All right. So 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, and I, I picked that scripture because look, we are going to go through, you name it, you know, you're going to have money, you're not going to have money, you're going to be in love, you're not going to be in love, you're, you're going to go through a lot of things in life. And I know today we're talking about a sensitive topic of divorce, you know, and that's one of those things, like that's not going to separate you from the love of God. Okay, like God still loves us and we're going to go through so many different things. But if you can just remember that you're still loved, then you'll also know what you're worth 
and you're not going to stay in anything that is beneath your worth. Man, that's real, that's bro. And I appreciate that's that good. breakdown, man. You know, I'll be trying a little bit. You know you know? Be, <laughs> this this man be on his Tony Evans, man, Dr. Tony <laughs> Evans. Right there, man. So, uh, like, for me, the scripture that I have is um, Psalm 147, verse 3. And it says, like, he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages uh, their wounds. So just kind of when I, when I think about that, right, no matter what pain we go through, whether it's divorce or, like, a failed business or dreams, or, like, you know what I'm saying, things that, that kind of fall through, whatever the case may be, right? Like, I'm always reminded, even with this scripture, that God heals us in our brokenness, right? And that um, all of us have redeemable, like, qualities yeah. and, and value, you know what I'm saying? Despite what has happened to us, despite how life has knocked us down, right? God is there for us, you know what I'm saying, to heal us and to just help us get through whatever, um, whatever, you know what I'm saying, has caused us heartbreak or whatever has, has hurt us. So I just want to use that to encourage the people, you know what I'm saying? And just, I pray that it encourages y'all. Mm-hmm. So, Kemi, you don't, you, you never know who urban theology can impact. Um, if there's anybody who's listening and they feel compelled to reach out, whether it's for fashion tips or just insight on something they're going through, uh, how can they reach out to you? Sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram at styled by Kemi. Um, and literally that's, that's where I'm the most reachable. I'm, I'm always on there 24 seven. So feel free to shoot me a DM, um, say hi. Um, if you need me to pray for you, I, I pray for people too. So don't feel like, because I'm into fashion that, you know, I don't care about the people that follow me. So reach out to me on, um, Instagram and also you can email me too. My email's on my Instagram everywhere is Instagram. So yeah. Nice. And um, side note, are the DMs open for other business? <laughs> other business? Yes. Okay. Please. <laughs> yeah, listen. Hello. <laughs> hello. Wow. <laughs> hey, hey, we need a real wedding, okay? If, um, if, uh, if you are trying to listen. do courthouse, it's closed. Come yeah. correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you are listening. <laughs> but yeah, man. Hey, look, you can follow me. This is Toby. You can follow me at longlive, T-O-B-E. What about you? And you can follow me on uh, on Instagram and Twitter at rice underscore and Stu. That's where you can find me. Where can people find Urban Theology on social media? Oh, of course. So right now, if you're on IG, you can go ahead and follow us at Urban Theology underscore. Do not forget the underscore. And also be on on, on the lookout for more couch sessions on, on Instagram. Oh, yeah. We actually haven't <laughs> posted the first one, but we're we going to get that popping. So be on the lookout. We got a lot of content. This is season three. Uh, we've grown a lot. We're going to have more guests. Uh, thank you, Kemi, for just bringing insight into this topic that a lot of people don't touch on, you know, so really appreciate you. Yeah. So shout out thank to you. you guys. Uh, thank you, you guys man. created a, a, a safe space for me. I, you know, I was, I was, trust me, I was nervous about this, but thank you guys for allowing me to share a vulnerable part of my life, um, but making me feel comfortable as well. And you're welcome. And thank you, God. Thank you, God, for connecting us. You know, now, we, we appreciate you. I just hope you know that you'll be back. So this is not the this is not one Aww. time, <laughs> one 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 time that we may do a, a follow up episode on fashion. And you know, we might need, you know, we might need your your perspective. So okay, I'm down. All right. So this has been episode three of Urban Theology, season three. Uh, thank you for listening. Until next time. Peace. We'll catch y'all. Peace. <laughs>